Start with the rapid fire round. The first question is: At what age do you want to retire? Uh, I don't have a retirement age. Uh, how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? Oh, I I jump out of bed and I get I'm ready. Most embarrassing moment of your life? I wake up ready. Uh, favorite color? Blue. What time of day are you most inspired? Between five a.m. and 7 a.m. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Six. Fill in the blank. An upcoming technology trend is blank. Um, is a fad. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened? Guayaquil, Ecuador. Pick one: Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Elon. The biggest mistake of your career? That's starting our reach earlier. How do you relax? I meditate. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? A lot. I love coffee. A habit of yours that you hate? Sometimes I buy my nails. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? Listen. Your favorite Netflix show? Uh, The Wire, what's that, Netflix? Early riser or night owl? Early riser. One word description of your leadership style? Um, do not, sh show, not tell. Top priority in your daily schedule? Talk to customers. Ideal vacation spot? Uh, any beach in Italy. Uh, key factor for maintaining a work-life balance. Uh, what is work-life balance? Memorable career milestone. Uh, when we pass 100 million. Uh, the last song you've been listening to. Um, anything by Jay-Z. I forget which one. The last movie that you saw that had an impression on you. Um... I don't remember watching the movie, but I, I watch a lot of uh, Star Wars at home. So maybe one of the stars, like Ahsoka or Mandalorian, I, I rewatch Mandalorian. Right. Well, that's the end of the rapid fire round. Uh, the rest of the questions you can answer now with as much ease and time as you like. Okay. The first one is, what strategic initiatives or advancements is Outreach focusing on to meet the evolving needs of its users? And how do you envision shaping the future of sales technology? Yeah, so in sales technology, the, the the main challenge right now is that after CRM, there has been a, a blow up of applications. So now you need 10 applications to do two jobs and all that needs to be consolidated into a single platform. So one of the initiatives for us is to bring as much capability into a single pane of glass to make sure that the rep doesn't have to go from app to app to app to do their jobs. So in terms of user experience, how is Outreach enhancing its platform to accommodate the growing complexity of sales processes and the increasing demands for personalized, efficient interactions with potential clients? Uh, it's that we need to understand what is it the rep wants to do and wants to accomplish, and then put that into a workflow that uses both software and AI to get that done as fast as you can, 
at the end of the day, the, the, this, the job of a sales professional is to spend time with customers and to either, you know, drive a customer activity or drive a customer outcome or go get more customers. So if you're not doing those two things, then you're not, you know, you're not using your time right. So that's what we're focusing on is how we get, you know, sales reps and managers to spend more time in front of customers and winning, winning more often. So you have an extensive background from leading Microsoft's Windows phone business development team to engineering Amazon's compensation system. How have these diverse experiences shaped your approach to the role of CEO at Outreach? Um, I, I took ideas in leadership styles from each of those companies. So I, I you know, I, I beg borrow on things from uh, both Jeff and, um, and, and, and Andy at, at Amazon and, and you know, from their leadership styles, I, I, I borrow a few things that I use myself. And then when I was at Microsoft, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, having patience and playing the long, the long game. Uh, in both companies, they did the same thing because uh, at Amazon, AWS took, you know, 15 years to turn, you know, to turn into anything. And at Amazon, they're being relentless about the pursuit of the cloud. So I think in, in both places, I learned, you know, how to establish a vision and get people behind it and sort of execute on it with, you know, with patience. So given this, well, some differences between the corporate cultures of Microsoft and Amazon, how have you integrated best aspects of both into your leadership approach at Outreach? Um, I mean, you, you take what works for us. So at Amazon, it was this belief that you were the, the smallest large company out there. So you always acted like a startup with a lot of urgency, with a lot of, uh, you know, with, um, with, a, with, with, with frugality and with, and, and with a lot of uh, thought in how you make decisions and use data. Um, and, and Microsoft, it was about how do you build a big business on the back of big partners, big customers? How do you land them? How do you, you know, align your roadmap towards their vision so that you can create an ecosystem of large customers that propel you forward? Uh, you know, uh, Microsoft was a more sales-driven company than Amazon. Amazon was a tech-driven company. And I think the mix of both is, was ma- is what makes us at Outreach, you know, really great. So Outreach is described as a platform that helps revenue organizations create and close more pipelines. How have you strategically positioned the company in the competitive landscape of sales execution platforms? So first of all, um, by being the first one to be an execution platform, so we were the, the first company to bring all the assets together into a single, into single execution, execution experience. Um, and then it's by making sure that each of those experiences have imbued, you know, any type of AI, whether it's generative or not, to make sure that the, that part of the execution gets on faster and influences the other part of the execution. So in sales, how you build pipeline determines how you're going to close it and how you're going to close it also influences the kind of, the kind of pipeline you need to build. So you have this virtual cycle that you have to be, um, that you have to be feeding at all times. And for us, it was about a building it and then iterating on it faster with more intelligence than anyone else in the market. And that's how we went. So in what ways do you leverage all this data and customer feedback to continually refine and improve the strategic direction of outreach? Um, the, we do something called action outcome pairings, which is a, a term that we call in that if we look at a sales action and we look at the outcome or lack of outcome, then those two create a pairing that feeds a, a language model or a machine learning model. And then out of, the, out of that feedback loop is how we iterate and we create things like detecting sentiment, trying to figure out whether a call went well or not, trying to figure out whether a deal's moving forward or not, trying to use that prediction and forecast. So the ability for us to capture all those pairings and then feed that into the different, into the different AIs is what's you know, been driving the platform forward and ahead of the competition.
Can you highlight any memorable achievements or milestones during your tenure as a CEO of Outreach that have significantly impacted the company's growth and success? Um, I think it was when we shipped, uh, we had a, a, a product, a capability that is a knowledge AI assistant. That is an, imagine an AI assistant that sits on top of your meetings and takes notes real time and real time answers questions. That was a marvel of both engineering and customer uh, insight and customer obsession. Because up to that point, the majority of, of applications that did anything around the call were transcription tools that then did analy analysis on the transcript as opposed to being on the call itself. And in the call, um, you know, I mean, we have to solve this fundamental problem, which is when somebody asks you a question, it takes you know, about six microseconds to get to your brain and then another couple of microseconds for you to answer. So we needed to understand and pop a card in less than six microseconds for it to be useful. And for us to develop that technology was, you know, almost like landing somebody on Mars. It was incredible. And is there a situation where customer feedback directly influenced a pivotal decision within outreach? Oh, all the time. We are constantly talking to customers, obsessed about them. Any memorable instance here? Yeah, it, it was when we figure out that, um, that what, you know, after talking to a lot of account executives, we, we found out that the best account executive sell a vision of the future and then bring it back to today in the form of a plan. And capturing that plan in the form of a, both an account plan and a, and a, and a deal plan uh, was the way that they were managing it. Yes, they were managing in different things, in notebooks and spreadsheets and slacks and Google Sheets. So when we came up with that insight and we sort of started wrapping around a lot of what we do around that insight, they were able to make, you know, all account executives successful. So it, it was, um, you know, a lot of customer feedback that didn't come to us directly and say, go build X, but they say, look, my successful, you know, users do a lot of plans and then they execute on the plan. If you had a planning tool within outreach, would it help me, you know, it will help make every account executives, you know, behave like the best ones. So considering this dynamic nature of the sales technology industry, how do you prioritize innovation in particular? You know, innovation needs to come in at the rating, which is absurd. So you can't just innovate for innovation's sake and throw, you know, stuff out there and see if it works. You need to make sure that our customers are getting value from it. Like any other application, we sell to, to uh, revenue organizations and the revenue organizations need to see the value in something very tangible in the form of ROI or production or time saved. So for us, the innovation has to hit the mark in terms of like, is it delivering something very tangible? Otherwise it doesn't get done. And how do you encourage experimentation and risk-taking within the company, if at all? Um, it's by, you know, everything begins from the point of view of the customer. So we have a, you know, everything has a hypothesis as to how we're going to inflect, you know, customer, you know, our customer's efficiency or the productivity or time savings, et cetera. And then after that, we go and look into the future of technology and see what technology is cutting edge that could help us sort of like inflect on behalf of our customer. When you are operating at the edge of capabilities of technology, you're going to bring in some things that are not going to work. Um, so, you know, we have tried, you know, machine learning stuff that didn't work or that they didn't really, you know, deliver on the, on the promise. And, and that is part of the job, right? Like as an innovative, as an innovative company, you have to try Like if you're, if you're not failing, you're not, not, you're not innovating on behalf of the customer. So failure is baked in, in our requirement for us to, to grow. Are there any memorable failures that you can think of? 
Uh, yeah, so we the first model for emails for detecting sentiment was a catastrophic failure because it kind of like didn't quite work well. And so we tried to solve it by creating a user experience where we say, hey, we think this email has is an objection or is an intro or is a, or some other sentiment for the email. And then when the model was wrong, we asked the user to correct it. Guess what? Users don't want to correct anything. So if the model was wrong, the user just stopped looking at it and just moved on. So like the idea of having a human in the loop for training the AI model is just stupid. But, you know, back then we thought it was brilliant and it turned out to be dumb. So here we are. Uh, so delving into sales execution, could you elaborate on why organizations find it crucial and how does outreach contribute to their success in this aspect? Yeah, because sales is not like other things. Sales is not about a bunch of charts and accumulating data and giving you insight on the data and like talking about, you know, more knowledge. Sales, sales is inflected or is changed at the point of the rep in front of a customer or at the point of a manager in front of a rep. So um, execution is about that. It's about the fact that it's not storing data the way a system or record would. It's about taking that data and whatever else you have and then taking an action. And then having that action move something forward. At the end of the day, the reward for sales is revenue close one. And if you're not getting more revenue close one, uh, and then you're, we're not making progress. So, like you know, other applications that help you be more productive or you know share more information, the the goal of a of a revenue facing application is that it delivers more revenue. Otherwise, we're not doing our job. So given the current buzz around AI, how does outreach distinguish itself in the landscape? We've, we focus on what our customers need. So we don't, we're not gonna go build AI and then go make some big splash about it um, just for the sake of the AI. We're gonna be building things that help our customers you know, do more with less. So for instance, when we built uh, our ability to summarize meetings, then we increase the amount of the increase the amount of time a, a rep a sales rep would have because the managers they didn't have to ask them how that meeting went they can just inquire within outreach how did that meeting go and outreach will give them a summary with the bullet points and then answer any additional questions such as what features came up and what was the pain and what was the price conversation like so the ability to give the rep and the manager more time is how we measure success and how we measure success of both software and how we measure success of AI. So when we come up with something new, we talk it in the form of not the technology that is behind it, but we talk it in, firm, in the form of the, the benefit that it brought to, to the organization. So, you know, when we go from, you know, meeting summaries to deal summaries, to the way to inquire deal, to the way to inquire a family of deals, then you, may, you measure your success in how much time you're relieving the, the, the rep and the manager from having to meet to talk about things, because all that is available in the application. So it's all about the value that you deliver to the customer. Right. So as we approach 2024, could you share one insightful prediction you have for the industry and how Artreach is poised to navigate or capitalize on this anticipated development? Well, it's going to be about, you know, AI is going to become really useful for, for uh, it is going to make a real difference for, for both sales and, and, uh, and their managers and the organizations, but the economy is still going to be tough. So, you know, we're going to have to get back to, you know, good old ways of landing customers and, and delivering value and obsessing over them because I don't think that we're going to be in a recovery mode for another, you know, a few quarters. Right. So the last question for you is of a personal kind. What would you be doing in your life if not this? Um, I would probably be a professor somewhere, I think. 